Hey, it's so good to be here this morning, and we're wrapping up the end of this series, What's Love Got to Do With It? And Rob asked me if I was going to sing this morning, and I was like, <laughs> I'll, I'll break out the dance moves, but not, not the... <laughs> and then my wife says, please don't. Uh, but hey, we're wrapping up this series today, and over the past few weeks, we, we've been talking about, we, we started off... Uh, talking about what it looks like to love God uh, and, and, and how that plays out in our life and how we give back to him and, and loving him. And then we spent the last couple of weeks talking about a part of the verse that I think we just read over a lot of times and, and we just kind of blow past it, but talking about what it looks like to love ourselves. Uh, because before we can do what we're going to talk about today, we, we have to understand our identity and, and who God is in us and through us, and, and so we, we start to love ourselves. Um, but here's the issue. Some of you are going, man, we just spent two weeks talking about how to love ourselves, and that just feels like really self-focused. That's like, I, I got to love myself, and, and, and doesn't, doesn't the Bible talk about other people, and isn't that, guess what? It does. Because the story didn't end with love others, or love ourselves. It moved into loving others. And, and so it, there's this kind of phrase that, that, I, that I like to say is that there's a difference between self-love and selfish love. And, and what we talked about over the past two weeks was not selfish love. What we talked about, what Shannon talked about, what, what Pastor Rob talked about was not selfish love. It was self-love. It, it, was, it was starting to understand who we are in Christ and who he's created to be, that we're not an orphan, that, that, that we are daughters and sons of a living king, and that he has given that and bestowed that upon us. And it's the self-love of understanding that identity. Because self-love and selfish love are not the same thing. Selfish love kind of looks like this. Selfish love looks like I'm just too busy. Just too busy for myself to do anything with anybody else, to take care of anybody else. I'm just too busy. I am already 15 minutes late. I'm just too busy. Selfish love looks like that we are self-sufficient, that I don't need anybody else to do things in life with. I, I have everything I need. I've got this figured out. God loves me. I'm his favorite, and I am self-sufficient. Um, selfish love looks like that we are distracted, that, that there are so many things going on in our lives, so, so many tasks. I, I, I've, I've got this work appointment. I've got this thing, this leak to fix at the house. I've, I've got this thing to do. I've got that thing to do. And we get so distracted by all the things in our life that, that everything starts to focus around us and our schedule and our things to do. Maybe consumption. We are consumed with all of those things. Selfish love looks like we are forgetful. Sometimes we forget that God loves us and that we have uh, an opportunity to share that. We, we just get so busy with life that I forget sometimes the great commission that says to go out into all the world. Not, not because I'm just a forgetful person by nature. It's just, just the nature of life happening that I forget what God has gifted in and through me, who he's created in me to be so that it flows out of me. 
Selfish love looks like we're afraid. We're afraid to take what God has given us and give it out because what if I give it and, and that person doesn't do the right thing with it? What if, what if it comes back to bite me? What if that person laughs at me? What if that person thinks I'm weird? What, what if what, we ask all the what ifs and selfish love says, yeah, don't do it. It's gonna hurt. It's not gonna work. And if you give it out, you're not gonna have any left to give. Selfish love maybe even looks like we're hurting, that we're hurting so deeply inside that we haven't truly pressed through and, and, and gotten to that place where we understand what true identity looks like and there's this hurt that, that, that's heaping up inside of us and we're just not able to give out. You see, all of these things create misidentity. They take what God has given us. They, they take the beauty of who God is in us and taint it. Because the enemy likes to start with saying, yeah, you don't have identity. God doesn't really love you. You've screwed up too many times. He's got, he doesn't have plans for you. He likes to start there. And then we come and, and we hear Pastor Rob speak or we, we hear Pastor Shannon speak and we hear these things where we're like, no, I'm created in his image. I have identity. And so the enemy goes, man, that didn't work. All right. Maybe I can just get them to hold all of that in, keep that for themselves, make sure that they just sit and just enjoy their identity and just like it so much that they don't want to give it to anybody else. Because guess what? He's never going to stop fighting the battle. He's never going to stop finding ways to take what God has given us and try to turn it against us. And so there's a huge difference between self-love and selfish love. And the scripture that we've landed on over the past few weeks is Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. So I want to read it again. And you must love him with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. And then the second is that you must love others as much as yourself. No other commandments are greater than these so this week, we're camping out on those four words. You must love others. Four simple words off the tongue very easily, but in action, it seems like they can be really difficult sometimes because at least this is me, but sometimes people do things that aren't very lovable. Sometimes people do things that I go, how do I love that? <laughs> and then sometimes, just like that whole list that I read off, I get busy, I get distracted. You know, I'm a very task-oriented person. Um, I, I like to have my spreadsheet. I like to have my bullet points. I like to know what I'm doing tomorrow, have my task list tonight so that I can have it ready to go Monday morning. And, and I can get very task-oriented to a place where sometimes I forget that people aren't tasks. I can't put people in a bullet list and check them off when I've completed the task. God has called me to love people and to love them in the moment where they're at. And, and so when I read those four simple words, you must love others, 
ask why. Well, why? I mean, yes, you said it, and I'm your child, and like, I, yeah, I should obey, but, but why? So we're going to go way back to the beginning, back to the very beginning of the story, back to Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to verses 26 through 31, and I want, you to, I want you to take this passage of Scripture in context of what we were just told in Mark. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Roll over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground and everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so, in verse 31, God saw all that he made and it was very good. You see, we go all back to the beginning when we ask the question, why? And on that sixth day of creation, when God created man, he looks at his creation in his image. He goes, this is good. And it's not just good. I'm going to give you everything for your food, for you to take care of, for you. This is yours. I mean, think about it. We create, I, I've created two human beings with my wife. <laughs> the thought of me just going, hey, Lindsay and Lacey, the house is all yours. The cars are all yours. The bank account's all yours. <laughs> Let's give you like 20 or 30 or 40 years, then maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> 50, 60 years. <laughs> But the creator of the universe creates human beings in his image, in the likeness of him. And then he goes, it's all yours because I love you, because I trust you, because you are my masterpiece. You are the very thing that I created. Why does he tell us to love others? Because way back in the very beginning, he created others and he gave them the world because they were his masterpiece that he created and he loved them that much because he has a vested interest in me and he has a vested interest in you and you and you and that person and that. He has a vested interest in the creation that he made that he loves so dearly. You see, everyone's a masterpiece, Every single person is a masterpiece. 
So handle them with care. I've got two cups here. Both of these serve the same purpose. Both of these, for me, would serve me a nice cup of tea. Nice little chai tea I could brew and, and, and put in these cups and, and, and sit and drink. But this cup comes from a set of dishes that sit above our stove in this nice little cabinet that there should be like a, a sign on the outside that says, do not touch except in special circumstances like Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> but there's, a, you know, it's a set of dishes. It's really, I'm like, and, and you don't use this unless really important people are coming. I mean, like really, like the president is coming over. Or if it's Thanksgiving and, okay, maybe we'll break them out then. But, but other than that, they sit in there. And if you get one out, you open the door very gently. And you reach and you cup it. And you, you make sure, because it's up above, so you, you have to bring it down very carefully. <sighs> okay. You go set it on the counter. You don't hold it and pour. You set it on the counter and pour because... You got, you got to be gentle, okay? Because these, these are special to Shannon. These are very special to her, and I would not want to break one of these. In fact, I didn't even tell her I was bringing this with me today. <laughs> because she probably would have went, you can't, no, just take one of the other glass ones. But I brought this with me because this is special, and I take really good care of it. This, hold on, I'm going to set this down because I don't want to... Okay, this is a Starbucks cup, paper Starbucks cup. I drink my tea out of this, throw it on the ground. Oh, I don't throw it on the ground, I throw it in the trash can. What are you guys thinking? Crush it up, find the nearest trash can and throw it out. It's just a paper cup. I don't really, I don't care about this cup. There's what, probably another thousand of them sitting at the store. It served its purpose. It's good. The difference between this and this, I think represents the difference in the way we see people around us every day. We can choose to see people as this paper Starbucks cup that once they've served their purpose in our life, we crumple them up and we throw them away. Or we can choose to see people as God's masterpiece that is so special to him, that is his prized possession, that we are so gentle and we're so caring because we want to make sure that we don't break them, that we take care of them just the way that he would take care of them because they're his masterpiece. That's the why. Because people aren't just paper cups that fulfill a purpose for us and then get tossed to the side and forgotten about because there's more of them. People are his masterpiece he loves so dearly. Even the ones that every time we look at them, we go, are you sure? They really, 
they really kind of look like this. <laughs> did you see what they did to me? Did you, see what, did you hear what they said to me? Did, are you sure? And God goes, no, this is who they are. No, this is who they are. That's the why. And we start seeing people in those light, in that light. And when we start seeing people in that light, when we start seeing people as the masterpiece that God created them to be, then we start learning to live out 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That love is patient. We're patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't look at, at what somebody else has and say, man, I, I wish, I'm not going to treat you this way because I wish I had what you had. It does not boast. It doesn't say, my cup's a little better than your cup. I'm a little better masterpiece than you are. It's not proud. It, it doesn't dishonor. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. It doesn't delight when the masterpiece gets a little chip in it or the handle breaks off and you go, ha, I knew that was coming. I knew it was gonna happen to you. You were reckless. But it rejoices with the truth. It rejoices with the truth of who God created that person to be. It rejoices with the truth of who God sees that person. It rejoices in the truth that God has created that person for a specific purpose, full of his glory and full of his love and full of his grace, even in their darkest moments. You see, loving looks like inconvenience. <laughs> loving looks like having my schedule all planned out, running 10 minutes late and coming across someone that is in my path that I can choose to be inconvenienced by and handle them with care or choose to toss them to the side because I don't have the time. I think love could really be broken down in, into two easy categories that, that I hope you can take with you today. And they're really simple. Encouraging words and encouraging actions. You see, all those things that we just talked about in, in that 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's all lived out through encouraging words and encouraging actions. And full transparency for me, encouraging words are... We joke, I joke, me and Shannon joke about all, this all the time. Words are not my love language. They are hers. And I fail at this all the time. Not just with her, but with other people. Because sometimes I forget other people need to hear how incredible they are, how much God loves them, how much God has deposited himself into them. 
And, and, and so coming back to this place, if I, if I see people as the masterpiece that God has created, then I will encourage them with the words I speak into them. I will not discourage them, but I will encourage them. I will speak life. I will speak hope. I will speak peace. And not only will I speak it, I will act it. I will encourage people through the actions that I take on, whether it's buying a meal for someone, whether it's going and helping someone complete a task, whether it's standing beside someone in, in the darkest of moments and just crying with them. I will encourage them through my actions. I will encourage them through my words and through my actions. So that's Lacey to come up. This is my beautiful daughter. And one of the things I love about Lacey, see that smile? You see it a lot. Because Lacey's an encourager. She speaks life into other people just by her presence being there. I actually learn a lot about what it looks like to love by watching Lacey. It's amazing when Jesus said, love the little children, bring them unto me. Be like a child, have faith like a child. It's because he sees things like Lacey and he sees the way that she innocently just loves out and encourages people just by being in their presence. And I go, can you take me back to that? <laughs> and so she's gonna help me here for, for a moment. We, we had a little bit of fun practicing this. So Lacey, grab the first, that, that first cup. So can you tell me what's, what's in the cup? Water. Is it, is it clear water, dirty water? Clear water. It's clear water. So maybe this cup represents that, oh, we'll just take Lacey because she's standing here, that for the past couple of weeks she's been coming and, and hearing about her identity and, and, and her, how much God loves her and how much passion God has for her. And the cup's getting a little full, full of, of his living water. And Lacey, there's some people on this board here that they haven't experienced that yet. But you've got something to share with them, right? Yeah. Yeah? Why don't you share it with them? Okay. You shared a little bit. It's a little lighter down there at the bottom. You shared a little bit. Why don't you share some more? Oh. What happened? It turned clear. <laughs> so you took some of what God had put in you, and you shared it with someone else, and transformation happened, right? Do you, have any, do you have any more to give? Yeah, but I don't want to. Well, oh. Well, you, you don't? No. Well, well, why not? Because it's mine. It looks empty. But if I pull it up, then I get rid of it. But, but you can go back and get some more. <laughs> but wait, hold on. But, 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 you don't, but you said you don't want to give that, right? Right, because it's mine. It's yours. 
Are, are you maybe, don't keep holding it up, or maybe a little scared that if you give some more of it, that you, you might lose a little bit of it. Maybe that you don't have enough time to give it away. Maybe that you're a little distracted by school. School just started. That's a, that's a good distraction. <laughs> um, I don't know. You got, you got any other reasons not to give? No. <laughs> <laughs> feeling, feeling a little defeated there? <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Maybe you got hurt one time. You gave some away. Really kind of hurt, right? Uh, really hurt. <laughs> okay. So you went and you got full of identity. You, man, God had so much for you to share. But you kind of held it to yourself, right? Yes. What does it look like now? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> you took all of this identity and you bottled it up, right? Right. I think I had a word for that. Selfish love. You just kind of held on to it. Mm-hmm. And now if you poured that into there, what, what would happen? It'll turn black. Why don't you just pour a little bit? Like, let's just see. Ooh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> ah, you just helped. What? Okay, let's, let's, let's try a different approach, okay? So why don't you just, just pour that out? Just don't pour it on them. We don't want to do that. Okay. So you take your cup and you go to the source. And then you give it away. You're out again, but what can you do? Go back and get more. Okay. What are you going to do with that? Pour it on the people who need love. Go for it. (laughs) You're running low again. What can you... Go back to the source. Keep going to the source. Fill yourself up again, because there's plenty to go. Now, Lacey, tell me something. There's one, two, three of you here. What, what color is it? Clear. It's beauty. It's, it's God's image, right? Is there more? Is there more to still go around? Mm-hmm. So you could keep going back? You could just keep going? If we had more up here, you could just keep going? Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Give me five right here. <laughs> Here's the thing. There is an unlimited source of identity for us. There is an unlimited source of his love, of his compassion, of his beauty, of his grace, And we can just keep giving it away. We can keep filling others up. We can keep pouring out with what he has given us. Because it doesn't stop. If we hold it, it gets kind of gross. In fact, I have a picture up there. Saw some pools like this in Arizona. (laughs) If 
we just hold on to all of that, if we're selfish with the identity that God has given us, it looks a little bit like that. It, it starts to get a little murky. It starts to get a little confused. But go to the next picture. God has called us to be rivers of life giving love, that we give out to others, that we bring life to them, that we go into deserts and we cause trees to birth, we cause plants, we bring life in the midst of darkness. We bring life in the midst of the desert. We bring life because we're looking and we're seeing masterpieces all around us. We're looking and we're seeing masterpieces that other people are looking and seeing paper cups that are disposable. And we're seeing masterpieces and we go, I have an unending fountain of love that I can pull from that speaks identity into me, that speaks love into me. And I just keep giving and I keep giving, but it keeps filling and I give and it fills and I give. <coughs> and I bring life. I bring so much life that Help people when they're thirsty. <coughs> so this is my encouragement to you this week. How can you be that? <clears throat> How can you see people as this? How can you see people in your life that are masterpieces? And you know, had the opportunity a, <clears throat> a few weeks ago. Because one of the people that I've learned a little bit about seeing people's masterpieces from is my mom. A few weeks ago, she called me up and she said, hey, there's this person that I know that, that needs a little help. Because she just saw them. Everybody else was probably passing by them. Their kids were passing by them. Their family was passing by them. Other people just saw them as paper cut, but my mom saw them as a masterpiece and said, hey, they, they need a, they're, they're going through a rough time right now. I think you could help me reach out to them, and I got some other people to help me, and we went, and, and, and we did something, and then a couple weeks later, I got to see that person again, and it was, I had never met them in person, but I saw them, and I saw this, because she was looking and she was attentive because she saw someone as a masterpiece that everybody else had seen as a paper cup that was being discarded. And so this week, who do you need to see as a masterpiece? Are you willing to be inconvenienced this week? Your schedule broken apart, your time broken apart, your task list broken, your busy schedule, your fear? Are you willing to have all of that inconvenience this week and share love with a masterpiece around you? You know, <clears throat> I think the other beautiful thing that when we start doing this is that we start doing it together. One of the things that I love about Crossroads is there are Many, many opportunities to not just go, I'm going to go love someone by myself, but I'm going to go get a brother. I'm going to go get a sister, and we're going to go love people together. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to go in a go group, and, and we're going to go to Guatemala, or we're going to go to Weaver Remembers, or we're, we're going to go down the street. We're going to do something together. We're going to show people 
the love of Jesus Christ because we can do this together. So I'd encourage you this week, check out, check out our app. Check out the opportunities that you can plug in and do this with other people. Because, man, it's a lot of fun. If you do it by yourself, it's fun. But if you do it with other people, it's a whole new level of fun. So as we close out this time this morning, I'm going to encourage everyone to take a step right now. Something you can do at this very moment. It's going to be one of two things. Everybody that has one of these, it's okay if you want to pull it out right now. But I'm going to encourage you, probably somewhere in your phone book, in, in your contact list, is the name of a masterpiece. The name of a masterpiece that's in your life that's not here today that maybe you really wish was here today. You really wish they had the opportunity to be here. You, you wish that they were sitting next to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you if you're brave enough to find that name in your book, click on the little text message icon, and just type out a short little encouraging text to them. Not a, I sure wish you were at Crossroads this morning. <laughs> but just a, hey, I've been thinking about you lately. I just wanted to, to take a moment to say how proud I am of you. I just was wondering if there's anything I could pray for this morning. I've got something in my mind that I'm going to take a moment to do. And maybe you're saying like, I don't know, that's, woo, that's jumping off the deep end, Alan. <clears throat> that I want you to just pull that name up in your phone book and for the next, probably take me about two minutes to write this text. <coughs> for the next 60 to 120 seconds, I want you to pray for them. Earnestly, take a few moments to pray for that masterpiece. Pray for them as God sees them. But we're just gonna sit in silence right now if you want to text somebody, if you want to pray for them, we give you about give you about two minutes to do that. <clears throat> Father, I thank you that you've created some masterpieces. You've created some incredible masterpieces in this room this morning, some incredible masterpieces online that are watching. But you didn't stop there. There are hundreds and thousands of people all around us every day that are masterpieces that you've created. And you've called us to take the identity and the love and the grace that you have poured into us and not bottle up, not put a cap on it, but begin to share it with others so that we can see transformation happen, so that we will see life 
spring up all around us. And so, Father, this morning, I ask that we would never be too busy, too distracted, too consumed, too scared, too hurt, to not be inconvenienced and to take a moment to love the masterpieces that are around us. Father, we thank you for that this morning. May you go with us and give us the courage today to do that in your name. Amen. Hey, I asked uh, Malin to give me a couple of minutes at the end of service, and so thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. Um, I've already done this before in the last 12 years. Maybe I should have, and if I should have, asked for your forgiveness. Uh, but I'm going to do it today. I want to share three things with you this morning just to, to think about. One, Alan and I didn't get a chance to talk, but all week God had burdened my heart with this, and then I hear his message and go, ah, you guys have been doing that immensely. The, where's the paper? I won't touch it, Sean, I promise. I, I'll be careful with it, Sean, I promise. <laughs> I promise. You, you guys have been doing this. Uh, you've been engaging and interacting with masterpieces, not paper cups. And you've been giving people. I love Alan's heart this morning. I'm going to ask you to continue to do that. You've been inviting people, inviting your neighbors, inviting your friends, inviting other people on their journey, inviting people who are struggling with COVID and all the stuff that's going on with that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you did an amazing job. And so I want to say thank you, first and foremost, for for continuing to do that, because that's really what church is about, allowing people to take a journey with us. And there's new people here this morning that are maybe here for the first time. And I hope as you leave this morning, if you notice somebody, please, for God's sake and for their sake, would you go shake their hand and not shake a friend's hand? It's so easy to shake a friend's hand rather than a, stranger, a, a stranger's hand. So would you do that this morning as you load? Second thing is this, is um, if you don't have a chance yet or you haven't got an opportunity yet to jump in and be involved with this once a month, one time a month, whether it's in a greeting team or a production team or a children's team, we have kids coming out of the woodwork downstairs. I won't say what you're doing, but there's kids coming out of the woodwork downstairs. It's amazing, and thank you. I would just encourage you, a lot of people are, but if you, if you don't have a chance to serve once a month somewhere, one time, and I think the three areas for us that we really need your help, and I'm being honest with you, really need your help is in production because we have 30 to 40 pastors watching from, from India this morning and other places. Um, greeting people. I had a gentleman come a few weeks ago. He's been on a struggle and he said, um, you know, honestly, this is the most friendly church I've came to. That people shook my hand. It's easy to not shake a hand and to shake a friend's hand. But when you guys touch people's lives, and I'm not being you physically touch people by shaking a hand or a shoulder or something. It's amazing. And our greeting team does an amazing job. And our children's ministry downstairs, our worship team, Macy, this morning. We don't do things on resume here. We do things with relationship. I'm not interested in your resume. I'm interested in your relationship with us and with Jesus. And so I'm inviting you in this season as we're moving into now. Because we are expanding rapidly. Our team is doing an amazing job. But I'd encourage you, if you don't have a chance to serve somewhere once a month, one time, would you please consider, come see me afterwards or jump online to the connection card and you can fill that in. Please go from there because we're just expanding rapidly back into the new season that God's called first. Here's the thing I haven't done in 12 years. I should have done it. Maybe I should have done it. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, next week we're launching into a series called Try Slow. And I dare you to come to church the next six weeks. I dare you to physically, online, I dare you to come back and come physically to church for the next six weeks and literally commit to be in church for the next six weeks physically. If you do, 
And it's not the communicator, it's not me. We're just conduits. Alan, Pastor Alan, thank you so much for your heart this morning. But it wasn't about Alan, it was about the Spirit of God living in Alan, wanting to speak through him to us this morning. So it's not the people presenting of the next week, it's the content. The content is stuff that Jesus implemented in his life on a constant basis. And we all go, I want to be like him. Well, if you want to be like him, I'm going to challenge you. If you can't come and you can't be here physically, I beg you to watch it. Do not miss a week of the next six weeks about what the whole series about try slow is. Because if you do it, I promise you if you're single, I promise you if you're married, I promise you if you're in a struggle, I promise you Jesus could show up and literally flip your life upside down over the next weeks. If you just applied a little bit of the content we're going to talk about over the next six weeks, I promise you 2022, the end of 2021, could be the most different year you've ever experienced in your life because Jesus says, if you seek me, you'll find me. So I'd encourage you over the next six weeks, whether you can join us in person or watching online, I'm asking you as the pastor of the church, I rarely do this because it's his loving kindness leads us to repentance. That's what I live by and live for. And so I'm just going to encourage you. I've, I've been burdened all week going into this series. I didn't want to do it before Pastor Alan spoke. I want to do it at the end of the service. That I ask you, give God, for God's sake, the next six Sundays of your life or the next six moments of your life over the next six weeks. I would use a certain word, but I'd get in trouble. But gentlemen, and this is the part, Pastor Joe, can you can see him after. Gentlemen, I dare you to lead you in the thing. I dare you to lead your family in the things of the Lord. I dare you to go home today and say, baby, we're not missing church the next six weeks. Baby, we're not going to let the next six weeks just slip by and let football replace it or some other thing replace it. We're going to allow the next six to have a moment in our life the next six to let Jesus profoundly and prophetically speak. And that's how much this has been on my heart, this series of moving into Try Slow. Because if you do it, I promise you, 2022 will be the most transformative year you've ever had in your Christian life. If you apply the truth. Lots of Christians love to listen to the truth. Disciples apply it. There's lots of Western Christian people who love God, but don't obey God. This whole thing, follow, believe, and obey. This series is this last part well, I walk in obedience to who Jesus is in my life. And I promise you, if you give God a chance in the next six weeks, especially with this series, maybe with all the series, but especially with this, and he'll transform your life. And this is probably not meant to be sexist. And so ladies, please forgive me. I'm not putting you down. But gentlemen, for God's sake, lead your family spiritually in these next six weeks. I dare you, gentlemen. I dare you to lead your family spiritually in the next six weeks because God will meet you in the midst of it. I promise you. Because we don't do some of the things in our culture that we're going to talk about over the next six weeks that Jesus did consistently. That Jesus did consistently in his life. We all love what he was. We love what he did. But the reason he does it because of the things he implemented in his life. And I promise you, if you meet him in these things, he'll transform it. And that's you online. I dare you to come back and join us in person. Please get back into community because it's really about doing life together as a family. Amen. Daddy, you're the coolest cat in the world. I love you so much. You just take my breath away. Every time I pause to be with you, every time I take a moment, every time I remember, as Pastor Allen said today, that you see me as a masterpiece. Lots of people don't, but you do. Lord, you see us as masterpieces. Help us, as Pastor Allen led us into, to help us to see other people as not throwaway cups, 
but as masterpieces made and molded and shaped by you for such a time as this. Help us to be people who would continue to invite others to come take this journey with us. And over these next six weeks, Daddy, I ask you to profoundly and prophetically speak to each one of us, that we would find a new place in our relationship with you, Dad. Ask in your precious, precious name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Would you stand with me this morning, guys, please? Um, again, what you do as you leave this morning, if you saw someone who was new, reach across the aisle, pull their hair, their ear, their nose, or whatever, shake their hand. Love you guys. Have a great day.